Well, welcome back to Round Guy Radio, and this is the year-end wrap-up show, as uh, I'm going to get people who are on the show, uh, starting with John Bain here, who has been a big contributor as of late to the show, uh, actually the whole time, to be honest with you. But uh, uh, we're going to pick out our five uh, favorite episodes, and we're going to start with you, John Bain. Welcome to the program. Thanks a lot, Dave, and Happy New Year. Well, we had a whole, a whole uh, probably like 500 episodes this year or more. Uh, um, but you picked out five that you'd recommend. Uh, uh, the, yeah. They're always there, aren't they? Yes, they're always there. You And I've got the dates that they uh, were uploaded. So if anybody wants to check these out based on my recommendations, I'm going to make it real easy for you. And I've got them. You, you asked me to come up with five, which is hard to do when you've got 780-some episodes out there on Round Guy Radio, but um, just for this year, or for 2022, you told me to come up with five, so I've picked five, and I've got them in in what I call my, um, I'm going, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a Casey Kasem and count them down for you. So keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars, Dave. <laughs> so anyway, number five, and I hope you'll let me count this because this actually was uploaded as a box set on December 31st, 2021. So I'm going to, I'm counting it, whether you don't want me to or not. And it was the Tommy Bolin box set. The uh, round guy interviewed Michael Drum, and Michael gave us uh, a lot of uh, personal information from one of the greatest guitar, rock and roll guitarists of all time from Iowa, Tommy Bolin. So that's my number five, and that was uploaded on December 31st, 2021. Yeah, that, that was a really breakthrough episode for us. It was an honor to do that. Tommy is Iowa's greatest guitar player, and uh, still, I was listening to some Tommy Bowen music earlier today. Uh, I want to try and do some more about him. A fascinating life. I am super happy that you picked that one. Uh, I, I, I'm so proud of that episode. It, it's a great, great episode to listen to, and, and I learned a lot, and I'm sure uh, listeners out there right now, if they take a chance and listen to it, um, they'll, they'll, they'll learn things, too. Number four, are you ready, sir? I'm ready. American Gothic House in Eldon, Iowa. Oh. That, that was one that Mr. Southeast Iowa himself, folks, Dave Johnson, he conducted that interview and uh, just did a fantastic job. I think that you were kind of got out of your comfort zone a little bit there, Dave, did something a little bit different, and you really did a good job of highlighting uh, some Iowa history and, and the really neat uh, American Gothic house there in Eldon, along with the museum. Well, uh, and that co was... I co-hosted that with uh, the round guy, Steve Pilchin. In fact, he was, uh, the reason that episode was so good was he, it was mostly him and uh, their director who was uh, actually from Fairfield, uh, she, Carrie yeah. Griffin. Uh, she was fantastic. So full of knowledge. Uh, yeah, that was a great... And that was, that was uploaded on January 26, 2022. Yeah, that's a great episode, too. Uh, really like that. And that, that was uh, 
all those museums that we did. That's a good one uh, to highlight because uh, uh, that, that yeah. museum is unbelievable, as well as all the other ones. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm glad but, to see one of the museum episodes hit the top five. That, that, that American Gothic House uh, Museum in Eldon, Iowa. That director, she's got a lot going on, and uh, it's it's worth the drive there for sure. And one of the crown jewels of Southeast Iowa. Yes, indeed. Well, I'm ready for number three. Are you ready for number three? I've been ready. All right. Uh, any of the day tripping with Bob DeWitt episodes? Our buddy Bob. He is a uh, he's a sage. He's just uh, full of knowledge and uh, encyclopedia, and he has the curiosity of a child he enjoys going to these places and then tells the stories that he's learned from them and the, the information he tells them like a storyteller and i'll tell you what with his with his midwest voice telling you a story about something that's just uh that's just honey dripping out of your your iphone or your laptop or your earbuds however you listen to round guy radio so check out any of the day tripping with Bob DeWitt episodes. Yeah, Bob Bob is such a great storyteller. And what 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 day tripping with Bob DeWitt is is Bob takes he lives in Galesburg, Illinois. So any place that he can drive to on a day trip, you know, uh, he goes to Pella, uh, he goes to Marceline, Missouri, to the Disney uh, Museum. Uh, uh, he goes to or hometown museum. He, he goes to the Clinton, Iowa, to uh, to a sawmill museum and he goes to Uranus and he stays at an Amish uh, uh, guest house in Indiana. Uh, but my favorite one uh, he did was the one about old Fort Madison. Uh, where he yeah, talked, that's a great one. That was, a, that was, but there, you're right. There ain't, a, there's not a wrong one. Uh, he's full. He's got great wit. He's got great humor to his stories. Uh, 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 uh also, he did the uh, Pin Pal uh, Museum, the, uh, uh, the uh, Anne Frank Pin Pal Museum in Danville. That yep. was a great episode. Yep. Uh, you're bringing back memories. Yeah, well, we need to get Bob to, uh, to and another thing about Bob, he lives in Illinois, and he, he feels like an outcast there. That's why he always comes across the river and gets into Iowa. He buys his gas here. He has fun here. He spends time here. I told him he ought to move to Iowa. He went to that Superman uh, deal in Minneapolis, Illinois. Metropolis. Uh, yeah. Metropolis. Yeah. Metropolis, Illinois. Yeah, yeah. That's that was he another great. Uh, he's, a, he's a joy. He's going to give his top five here, uh, too, on this episode. Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing, hearing what those are. Now, are you ready for number two? Number two, man. We're getting up there. Here we are. Now, here's the thing. I've got two of them in my number two position, so I'm actually giving you six in a way, and actually more than that when you count all Bob's day tripping episodes, but, uh, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's too hard to pick. But coming in at number two, uh, your discussion with me, of the John Schneider concert in Branson, Missouri on Veterans Day this year. And that episode was uploaded on November 16th. 
2022. So you can check that one out real easy as well, folks. Well, I also like that, that episode. Good... That was a that was some good uh, insight. Uh, you know, that's one of them eyewitness interviews, I guess. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. I mean, I was I was there. <laughs> so anyway, John Schneider, if you folks. They're going to say, well, who's that? Well, John Schneider was Bo Duke on the Dukes of Hazard, he, he Hazard and he was Jonathan Kent on Smallville. He was uh, recently on uh, Oprah Winfrey Network in the Haves and Have Nots. He's done tons of movies. In fact, his latest movie is called To Die For, and it's about patriotism and respect for the American flag. And if you want to learn more about that, go to to die for movie.com so anyway that's one of my number twos are you ready for my next number two yes i am okay i'm glad you are because i'm giving it to you here it is this one is an interview that i did on my uh show on round guy radio and that is southeast iowa today and it was my discussion with george moore regarding the nationwide law slow down, move over. And I just posted this yesterday, or whenever you listen to this, I'll just say December 29th, it was posted and uh, getting a good response. Lots of people are listening. George is the owner and operator of Morris Towing in Washington, Iowa. And he's out there on those highways, what we call the front lines, helping people, anybody from a stalled vehicle to accidents. And, uh, he, along with first responders, are out there. They're risking their lives to help others that are in trouble. And uh, the whole uh, move over, slow down, move over is to protect those folks. None of them should be injured when they're out there helping others. And all it takes is people on the darn highways in their darn cars and trucks paying attention. So slow down, move over. So those are my two number twos. Okay. That, and that's a good one because that's, right. that's people that, that other people overlook. And that's what we like on Round Guy Radio is, is you know, seeing things that other people don't see. Well, that's what we do, isn't it? And right. we're going to do a lot more in 2023. That is for sure. And here's my number one, Dave. Are you sitting down? Or are you standing up? What are you doing? I'm, I'm in my recliner. Okay. All right. So if you pass out or, or get scared, you're okay. Here we go. Number one, John Bain's favorite episode of 2022 on Round Guy Radio. And it is my interview with Santa Claus. Oh. Mr. Dave Stouffer. That was uploaded on December 7th, 2022. Check it out if you haven't yet, folks. Uh, this man, Santa Claus, he's the real deal. And Dave Stouffer is a is a is the real deal. Dave is an author, and uh, one of his books that he's written is "Are You the Real Santa?" And he's written several others as well. But I had a really fascinating, wonderful conversation with the man who uh, has been Santa Claus for fifty years. That was a great episode, John, and our audience really responded to that. Uh, that was your initial uh, uh, one, and uh, I have to say that's my favorite one uh, of the ones that you've done 
this year. Uh, I also want to remind you of one that you and I did, uh, you, me, and Bob DeWitt, and another fella uh, who has a, uh, I think he was, he has a, a sheriff's car from Dukes of Hazard. Uh, oh, talked, that would be Alan Heck. Alan Heck. Yeah, we talked about uh, all the country artists that played at the Boar's Nest on the uh, Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, that got pulled over in Roscoe's uh, speed trap, and they had to, uh, in order to pay their fine and get back on the road and get to wherever they were touring to, uh, they, the way they paid off their fine was playing a song at the Boar's Nest. Of course, old Boss Hog made sure that happened. So, yeah, that was a fun one to talk about. We we brought up a lot of folks that are that are that uh, were on that show that were country music legends and uh I'm not sure that was probably done in what 2021 sometime yeah. or was that this year? That was, uh, what was that? Well, that might've been a toy. That was, that was probably, uh, actually it probably was, uh, in 2021 cause it was at the, uh, at the car show in Richmond. Yeah. And I know we did another, we did, uh, Bob gave me it. The last time we did the day tripping with Bob DeWitt was there and there was this great big dog. Uh, that was looked like Scooby Doo, uh, real life. Well, it, and, and uh, Stephen Tegler, Stephen Tegler from, from Clinton, Iowa, had his mystery machine van there, so it was very appropriate that that pooch was there. I took a picture of that dog in front of that van. You know, in uh, fact, in fact, you can see that picture when you download or when you listen to that episode on Round Guy Radio. Yeah, I know. Because I was going through, I was going through. Uh, the uh, the playlist, and I saw that tonight, and um, that would have been probably September of 2022, yeah, or October, one of those months. So that that's easy to find too. But yeah, that was a fun episode. We had a lot of fun times. Uh, uh, we went and did the episodes about Wapolo and uh, Washington, and those were uh, I had uh, and Waylon. Uh, I yeah. had a great, great time doing all those too that you helped me with. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, and I know in our our Wayland episode, um, good friend Larry Google was a part of that. He's a resident of Wayland, and uh, he told us a lot of neat things about about the town. He is a walking uh, encyclopedia of knowledge uh, there. Well, uh, I might as well, it's about 15 minutes here. To, uh, I'll probably spend about the same amount of time with all three guests. John, is there anything else you want to say before I let you go? No, just, well, I do want to say one thing. I want to say thanks to all the Round Guy radio listeners and uh, the Southeast Iowa Today listeners that are listening on Round Guy radio. And Dave, thanks for uh, thanks for getting this thing started with, with uh, Steve, the Round Guy. And uh, it's been a joy so far to be a part of it. And I know 2023 is going to be even better. Well, I'm going to have Bob DeWitt and Scotty Melvin at least uh, on this episode. Uh, as I think it was worth uh, looking back a little bit on uh, what was a pretty fantastic year, and and we just hit twenty four thousand, didn't we? Uh, That's right, twenty four thousand listens or plays. That's incredible. It's uh, it's really something. We're we're gonna. Uh, I bet we can get to that. We'll probably get to that twenty five thousand, maybe. February or so, sometime this year. So, it's, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet you it's before then. 
Well, it's uh, just call me Cap Captain Positivity here. Well, uh, things are picking up real good right now. There's a lot of uh, coaches' interviews, a lot of John Bain interviews. Uh, that's really, and, and I'm hearing from everyone. I, I haven't heard from one person that doesn't like what you're doing, uh, and 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 think well, it's a, a big plus for uh, Round Guy Radio. Well, uh, stay that's tuned. Nice to know. Thank you. Uh, stay tuned for uh, some more uh, uh, guests as we remember this year in Round Guy Radio. Well, we are continuing our top five list of uh, shows from two from. Uh, the year that's ending today as we broadcast this is December 31st, 2020. We got Scotty Melvin for his top five. Welcome to the program, Scotty. Good morning. Happy New Year, Dave. Well, do you have a particular order? Are you going to go from five to one or what do you? What I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count from low to high. All right. Five all right. Well, let's just get right into it. Uh, we're asking you to, to give our listeners a few of the episodes from last year to maybe give a listen to that you thought were worthy of it. Now, this list could be a mile long, and, and it's not all sports-related, but we're talking my top five, and you know it's going to be sports-related if we're talking the very, very top. So <laughs> I'm going to start with my uh, my number five, and that is going to be the episode leading into almost a year ago, the incredible undefeated Mid-Prairie Golden Hawks boys basketball season as they headed to the state tournament up in Des Moines with an undefeated record. That is my number five. That's a good one. I really like that one, Scotty. And uh, that was a fun interview. And uh, I just talked to the Mid-Prairie coach uh, uh, a couple days ago, I think. So. And you know it's got to be a great memory for him and those and those young men. And I was uh, – it was one of those things where I didn't get to see those kids play in person the entire time. Um, but I saw a lot on uh, YouTube. I saw – well, I listened to KCII broadcast games a lot on a 1963 console record player AMFM radio, if you can believe that, that was purchased <laughs> on the square in Washington, Iowa, <coughs> way back in the day. And that was kind of a, a nostalgic for me to sit in the living room and listen to mid-prairie games as they made that incredible run to state. And uh, so that's one of my favorites of all time. Number four. I'm going to go with, uh, and you know how I, you know, I'm all about the kids when it comes to this uh, podcast thing and the, and the coverage that we do. That's really the only thing that matters to me and uh, is, is, you know, going and watching them do what they do and watching their hard work pay off and all that stuff. So I'm going to throw it up to, and these are kind of interchangeable, but I'm going to throw it up first to uh, that first interview you, you and Matt Meek did with Graham Beckman, because I like listening to the kids talk about what they're up to and, uh, kind of hear that nervous excitedness in their voice. And, and some of these kids are stars and they're going to have to get used to this interviewing uh, process. So it, it was fun to get on the phone with you guys and, and uh, visit with him and uh, what an intelligent young man and what a show he put on for us there at Kinnick uh, right off the bat in the fall to kind of kick off that football season. Uh, that was really special. I think that might've been your first player. Well, maybe not the first, but uh, uh, one of the first. Wasn't it cool? Uh, wasn't it Colton Clarehan uh, who sat down with you and me at the uh, Don Bosco at Sigourney game? You're right. You have to go back the year before. But, yeah, I think you're right. It was Colton Clarehan, and he's another one. It was a real special kid that was fun to talk to. But uh, that was, you know, pre-2022, so I couldn't throw that one in there. 
<laughs> but talking to Graham was pretty awesome. And I'll, I'll segue that into my uh, number three, and it'd be the same kind of deal. Uh, like I said, these are interchangeable. But uh, Tycho's ad from Muscatine, listening to him talk about, he's the one that kind of burst onto the scene as well. Both these kids did. I don't think a lot of people knew about him coming into the year. They've really made a name for themselves. And they're not only great athletes, but they're really intelligent kids that are fun to interview. And uh, it's nice to see that with the youth, because I don't think our youth get enough credit these days. And uh, there's some really great young people out there. Well, uh, let me, uh, Matt Meek really delivered for us, didn't he? I mean, the, the content that he got together, uh, the amount of, uh, the amazing amount of new listeners that we got uh, out of Matt Meek. And then he would he would just say, oh, by the way, I got Graham Beckman on the, uh, here with me. So, yeah, he's been a huge help and and so fun to have uh, come along with this uh, podcast thing and, and uh, uh, you know, giving you access to, to kids to interview that uh, are trying to get to that next level, I think, uh, when it comes to their their sports and their um, academic endeavors. And, and that's awesome. And then I think we've shined light on some of these smaller schools around here that have helped him grab some athletes that are going to help his seven on seven squad out. Uh, it's really just a neat dynamic, and, and it's fun to network with these guys. Matt being at the top of the list there, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to seeing some of the seven on seven coming up in the summer. Oh yeah, yeah, we're going to get some coverage of that for sure, and it'll be it'll be a great uh, uh, way to keep our football listeners kind of interested. Yeah, it's fun, it, and it's good for the kids, and and for those of us that you know thirst year round for football. Yeah, it gives a little something to do in the summertime when those tournaments happen. I used to go watch my old high school play. They would just kind of do some scrimmages with some of the other schools around, just skill players, you know, and uh, throwing some uh, some passes and letting some kids defend and sharpen their skills. And it, it's a it's a good time. It's some entertainment, and it's really good for the players to keep them in shape for the season. So I'm going to go to number two now. <clears throat> my number two, and it's about slipped my mind because I didn't write them all down. Let me look. I think I got my notes here. I know what my number one is. I, I don't think it'll be any big shocker there. Oh, my number two. Uh, I can't leave out that Columbus Wildcat season. And and I think that the episode that stood out to me the most, and there were some really great ones because we both got to go to games there. They made a playoff run. Uh, things that haven't happened in Columbus in 25 years or whatever, um, maybe more. But uh, I think that very first one you did with Coach Lequa and – it was after they had played L&M, who we know is very down this year with football. So it's no big surprise that Columbus beat them. But it was a rivalry game, and hearing the coach talk about all the headlights heading home after the game because of the fans that had come to support the Wildcats. You just kind of had this feeling, as I'm listening to that, that there's something special brewing there. And I had already picked them to finish like third in the, the district, so I had a feeling they were onto something big compared to uh, recent years. But I think that really kind of um, opened my eyes even more was listening to the coach talk about the the fan support and the excitement that was brewing there very early in the season. And, and that really stands out to me. There's, there's a lot of episodes I've listened to, your podcast, Coach McCarty's podcast, true crime stuff. I listen to a lot of stuff during the day, but uh, um, sometimes there's, there's some words that ring out. And uh, hearing him talk about those headlights heading home after that big win against L&M, that one's one that stands out for me. So I had to throw that in there. That's my number two. Well, let me, let me jump in here a little bit. Uh, you know, I was uh, talking uh, to uh, coach Chad Edeker over there at Waco yesterday about him being named coach of the year, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, 
after the interview was over, I told him, you know, it says, uh, for Scott and I to be successful, we need stories. You know what I mean? We need something yeah. that's compelling, something that's riveting, something that's, you know, on the edge of, uh, you know, real big stuff. And uh, that Columbus uh, team really was that, you know, just that great driving story. And that was one place where Round Guy Radio really made a huge impact in the Columbus community. We were, you know, it's like a surfer that just rides the wave. And you and me were just a surfer. They did all the work. And all we did was just report what they did. Yep. And, you know, those are the stories, I think, that are really, the, in a way, the most fun. We know about some of these, uh, you know, successful schools that are uh, bringing kids back from a year ago. And we know we're, you're getting a lot of stories and a lot of great um, runs out of a Waco or, uh, you know, there's going to be some from Mid Prairie. I think Winfield Mount Union set up for that kind of stuff. We know we're we know we're going to see some some major uh, storylines out of those schools, but it's the ones that you're kind of maybe completely unaware of, or or maybe flying under the radar a little bit. And I think Columbus, even with the talent they were bringing back, I think they were flying under that radar, and that's what made that great. I think a Central Lee coming from three years of not winning a game to go into the playoffs. That was out of nowhere. I think that was a, a really great one. And those are the things that make it fun. Well, uh, yeah, that's, that's a great pick, Scott. I, I love your list. I mean, every single one of them just brings back great vivid memories of, you know, not just those episodes, but subsequent episodes about that team or different interviews that we did with Matt Meeks. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm loving your list. It, yeah, just built from week to week, and there's there's never enough time to talk about all the great ones. You're always going to leave somebody or you know uh, some school out or whatever. But uh, that's that's the that's life with the time constraints we all have. But uh, that's going to bring me to number one, and there's really no other choice. But my favorite uh, of the of the year is the Waco Warriors. You talking to Coach Edeker ahead of the state championship game a week ahead of the state championship game. This is the case of one of those we're talking about that we knew coming into the season, Waco was going to have a great run. You never know how far it's going to go. It can only, you know, the furthest it can go is a state title game and they absolutely delivered. And we got to be there every step of the way. And, um, you know, I even got to sit up with Mark Janicek in the booth once. And, and, uh, you know, same with Columbus as well. We got to go in the booth there too, but, uh, you know, they made it all the way that you could only play 14 games and Waco played 14 and you got to interview coach Edeker right up to the very last possible uh, spot that there was to, to be had in a football season. And so that's got to be number one. If you make it to a state championship game, you're my number one. So Waco Warriors, coach Edeker headed into the state championship game. That's my number one episode for the year. Well, I'll tell you, uh, my number one episode I did with you uh, last year was the nickname ones that we did for the Waco Warriors just before the season started. I just thought that episode was clever and it was in good taste and it was in good spirit. And it was a, uh, uh, a documentation of a lot of the players on the team. And, and, uh, uh, we gave everybody the nickname and it was, uh, what, what, what do you remember about that episode? Oh man. Well, you went through, you're good at the nicknames and you, you've made, uh, quite a few of them happened <laughs> through this last several months. Um, you know, one thing about the nicknames that, you know, growing up 
as long ago as we did, that was a common thing. Everybody had nicknames. There's people I know to this day that I've known my whole life. I don't know what their first real name is. <laughs> so it's kind of a fun but lost art. And uh, the fact that you were able to get in on that and give some of these kids some nicknames that kind of roll off the tongue and hopefully some of them adopted the because <laughs> they well, I think them. the nickname thing we're giving out is is really popular. And uh, the next guy is going to get a nickname, and I ain't got it all pinned down yet, but it's Marquise Lewis down there in Burlington. I think he's yeah, going. What do you think? His name will be a tougher one with the uh, – with the uh the rhyming and things like that but uh he's he's setting himself apart uh from a lot of you know enormous talent that's in the area he's really made a name for himself not just this year but going back to last year and uh that burlington team man there's some really solid players on it but he's he's the leader and uh he may be you know he's in the biggest school in southeast iowa as well um yeah, he he's got to have a nickname coming, and uh, colleges better be paying attention because that's a that's an extremely skilled basketball player, right? Well, there. Scotty, are you ready for some breaking news? Yeah, I'm always ready. We for broke a lot of news this year, but I've got the nickname. Oh, I'm glad you got it. I was worried. <laughs> Marquise, the freak, Lewis. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that fits. Um, I hope he likes it. I got, it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I got uh, Wilton Beaver. Uh, we call him uh, Colton uh, Kirkman of Steel. The Kirkman of Steel. <laughs> I heard that when you were talking. Well, that about was already day. shooting through the internet like there's no friggin' tomorrow. That That's burning burning things up. But I like this Marquise the Freak because he is kind of the freak, isn't he? Yeah, you know, that that's a cool, uh, for me personally, a cool storyline. It's not like I know these folks personally, but uh, growing up in Western Illinois, I kept tabs on uh, a lot of things happening, in, at least in the southeast corner of Iowa, because the Burlington Hawkeye covered my old high school and a handful of schools in Western Illinois that are in their coverage area. And of course, Burlington and West Burlington and Keokuk and Mount Pleasant and uh, Fort Madison. So I, I grew up reading about a lot of these area athletes. Uh, Marquise Lewis's dad being one of them. He was a really good football player for Burlington, you know, 20, 25 years ago, whatever it was. So to see young Marquise starring the way he is for the basketball team right now, is uh, that's kind of special. As a dad, it's fun to, to see the, the next generation taking up the torch and, and really tearing it up. And he's, he's, a, he's definitely a freak out there. And uh, – so hopefully that that uh, continues for him <laughs> onto another state tournament. Yeah, and uh, well, uh, uh, give me a uh, uh, a review. Give me what what was some of the the round guy episodes that he did that you liked this year? That I did, or the other you listened to uh, of. Well, Gosh, there's there's a ton, and I'd have to. I went back through, and I actually there's some that stick out in my mind that went beyond uh, 2022, and were actually before that. Well, that's but okay too. One that I liked that I got a real kick out of was uh, when you interviewed the uh, curators, the ladies up here from uh, the Cedar Rapids, uh, Czech and Slovak. Yeah. That one was a that one was a riot, man. That was a good time. The, the girls are very enthusiastic. They made me want to come visit that day, and I still haven't made it yet, but I will. And uh, so that one that one stuck out in my mind. Um, I really liked the one uh, round guy did with uh, the pro baseball player. 
recently. Oh yeah, and, uh, Pablo Lopez of the yes. Miami Marlins. Yeah, that was that was yeah. Tell our listeners a little bit about that interview. Well, for me, I you know I haven't really watched baseball since they went on strike back in my senior year in high school. It, it killed some interest for me, and I never got it back uh, for pro baseball. But uh, you know, when you're talking about an individual, an athlete that's that's come from another country on top of it, but come up through the the ranks, you know from the single A on and made it into the, into the majors to hear his story firsthand. That's um, not only entertaining, but I think it's good for the youth. Any of the kids that listen to this program to, to listen to uh, the journey that it takes in the years and the perseverance and stuff that it, that it takes to get to the top level of a sport, which is not going to happen for hardly anybody, but to have a firsthand account of it was uh, really an amazing listen. So that's got to be one of my top ones. It didn't quite make my top five cut because it's not as close to my heart as, uh, you know, the kids that are doing what they do in Southeast Iowa, but really awesome episode there. But it really goes, uh, goes with uh, um, exactly what we're trying to portray or to project. This is, that is an example of a young man, exactly the way to conduct yourself. If you conduct yourself like Pablo Lopez does through his professional career, uh, you will rise to the top and, uh, you know, uh, like say that interview was, that was, uh, he just does the interviews really good. He's respectful. He gives you a lot of his time. Uh, just a wonderful, wonderful guy. Uh, another one uh, that we did that I thought w- I wanted to talk about with you that round guy did was we talked to uh, a, a guy in the major leagues. They called uh, bingo Bob long, but we call him shorty long because that's what yep. his, his friends call him. And, uh, you know, Shorty Long is like the greatest name in the history of the Midwest. So, but uh, yeah, he was but, a guy that, you know, he, he had a few weeks in the majors uh, umpiring, but uh, a lot of years uh, umpiring in places like Sec Taylor Stadium up in Des Moines and uh, AAA umpire for 20 years or something. But uh, uh, he did a, a, a an appeal for something I know you're very passionate about, and that's to get us some more umpires in high school baseball. Yeah, and that's. Um... You know, specifically, you guys were talking baseball, but, you know, that, that goes across the board for all sports. And I'm guilty of it myself, too. You, you've sat there with, at games with me. I'm not going to holler about calls. I'm not going to boo. I'm not going to do any of that stuff. But, you know, we sit there and we kind of judge and we kind of chuckle when we think something's goofy or, you know, miscalled or whatever. But the fact is, those guys are down there trying to do it at full speed, uh, you know, and, and at the high school level, these are not highly paid guys they do it because they enjoy helping the kids out i mean there's really no other reason and so they're like any of the rest of us they're going to have good days bad days and everything in between uh the best thing we can do as fans is just lay off um and i know that that's getting preached a lot but when i go out to games live not really seeing it uh not really seeing it happen too much. I think there's way too much banter from the fans, and uh, I'd like to see that, uh, you know, basically just get knocked off. I, I think we ought to sit there and cheer for our team, watch the game, enjoy it, and when it's over, win or lose, go home, be happy that we get more to watch in the future. Well, let me just ask you about an honorable mention, something that was just out of the bubble, maybe two episodes that, you know, that you liked that before I let you go on this one. All right. Um, my top one that sticks out big time because uh, I wasn't expecting it to be so fun or, or to even happen was when we met up at Crooked Creek, Creek Days in Winfield uh, last summer. 
not too long before the football season kicked off and, and of course the whole community's there and you were able to sit down with Abram Edwards and Cam Buffington and interview them and I think they got a kick out of that. I think some of their friends that were hanging around there with the volleyball uh sand pit there were, were uh getting a kick out of it too, watching their their buddies uh sit down with you and and uh you know take on a uh an interview <laughs> right on the spur of the moment. And uh, it was just fun seeing those kids. I've seen them play their sports for their school in these last couple of years, seeing them boys play football, basketball. Um, but that day was all about community fun and, and festivities. And uh, so they had that sand volleyball tournament going and watching, you know, I even got to see some of the kids I know from Brickhouse that are from Washington. They had a team, they came down, we got to hang out with them a little bit. Uh, a lot of good uh, food and drinks and, and uh, socializing and watching those two special athletes, Cam Buffington and Abram Edwards there from uh, Winfield Mount Union, play some sand volleyball for fun against each other, not as teammates, but against each other. That was, that was pretty fun. Yeah, and, that, that was uh, had the, a good time. The, that was, I was going to say that was the, the second and third interview, but I, I realized we did an interview uh, uh, with uh, Bo Smith. Of yeah, Sigourney, that's true. he would have been the first one because he was the right. first player of the game, and then he wound up being a two timer. Someone else has already done that. Uh, I think it's uh, the pain from Ukraine there, Odie Stephenshu. He's been a two timer, uh, uh, round guy radio game of the player of the game. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, and uh, that'll he'll probably surpass that <laughs> I mean, into the second uh, half of the, the basketball team. But you're right, man. I, I'm I almost zoned off baseball. Well, what I like to do, Scott, sometimes kind of uh, go through and just take all those those players, you know, with the Graham Beckmans and the and the, the bad bad Ty Kozad and all that, you know, put it together. I think that'd be a great listen because they represent what we're trying to do over here. Well, let me t- ask you about some live events that we went to. Uh, you know, give me your top five live events that you and I went to last year. Oh, gosh. Uh, that'd be hard to do without sitting down and making a list. But uh, I think on that list has got to be um, going back to the summer because I didn't get out much last winter, especially after New Year's. But uh, summer when we kind of hit into the, the baseball season there, getting to go to uh, the Kyoto Sigourney game. Um, which didn't go the way Kyoto wanted that day. It was a little lopsided on Sigourney's favor, but the atmosphere, in fact, I hadn't been to a high school baseball game and I couldn't tell you the last time. Uh, besides that, when I had seen Winfield play baseball, but getting to go see these two teams that, uh, you know, come together for football, but then they're kind of uh, friendly rivals in all other sports. That was, that was one that was a standout for me. Um, that was a lot of fun. Um, Gosh, going to uh, Martinsdale, yeah, big that was a good one. we took that together. That was a lot of fun. Um, I missed out on <laughs> some of the stuff you got to do pregame because I had to run back into Indianola and get a drop cord for us. Um, but that was still fun, and, and it was a great day. We got to see two football games. Uh, we got to see our Southeast Iowa teams that we drove all the way over there for get victories to kick off their season and uh, some spectacular play on, on both ends. A really great Southeast Warren team, um, an Audubon team that uh, 
was in a rebuild mode, but we'd seen them last year up at Waco and it was nice to see us come out on the winning side for a change, but that's a great program too. So it was just a, a really full day of, of amazing football. Yeah, that was a Kick standout day. And uh, we picked up a bunch of listeners in Southeast Warren from then on. And we had uh, Coach Rowan on several times and uh, yeah. And, and uh, we've even had their basketball coach on and that one got good numbers. Yeah. Uh, shout out to, the, the Martinsdale community for doing a super job on that that game. And I love that game. That was in my top two or three uh, myself. So, Yeah, it's hard to top that one. Um, but a week later, we went to Kinnick. And, uh, that was, uh, that was yeah, my number yeah. one experience, I have to say, just, you know, because of the press box experience. And, and my grandson being there and you being there and yeah. us meeting <laughs> Matt Meeks and his uh, nice daughter and uh that was uh and then it, it, the tailgate party i got to go to matt meeks got me in on before that with the uh with the city hive uh parents god that was fun yeah we got to interview uh i interviewed a lot of cool moms too last year yeah yeah you sure did <laughs> and, and they bring as much enthusiasm as anybody you know uh I can't remember the kid's name, but he just got back from winning the World Greco-Roman Wrestling Championship. I talked to his mom, and gosh, I do. We moms are a big part of this thing. They love uh, when we're talking about their kids, and they're some of the most complimentary. Uh, you know, if you ever run into Colton Lichty's mom, or you know, uh, you got uh, uh, you got thanked by uh, Sheila Simeon Reichenbach's mom, didn't you? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I got to meet Renee real quick. At, uh, that was, at, I believe, at the Unidome. And uh, she stopped to tell us thanks for, for all we do, you know, chatting on uh, the podcast about the kids and what they're accomplishing. And it's always nice to hear that because that's, that's basically why we're doing it is to just try to get those names out there and, and get them some recognition that seems to be hard to come by, and especially in this corner of uh, Iowa. Well, nobody supports their sons like their moms, man. That's uh... – that was the uh we sure appreciate them listening well scotty uh uh i'll throw a couple other we were out there together pretty memorable for me uh the columbus albernet game that we went to amazing yeah uh that was a that was an unbelievable experience you know uh i mean martinsdale had two games but that game was just that was an incredible game uh, that game had everything. You, you're not going to get a better, especially a regular season game than that. So much on the line. Uh, two great teams and, and great community there at Columbus. The place was packed. The, the kids played lights out, even though they ended up not winning there. And it went to overtime. I mean, the, you can't say enough about that game. That was uh, an all-time great. Then there's just a couple other uh, standout performances. You know, um, you weren't there this night, but uh, – Caden uh, Clare or Colton, it was Caden Clarehan hit a three-run homer uh, against New Sharon with two outs in the bottom of the ninth mm-hmm. inning. Yeah, with, with they were down by two to 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 win that game. Uh, that was pretty damn exciting. Um, I really enjoyed the uh, the, the game you you, you uh, the Linville Sully Kyoto uh, basketball game this year that we went to. That was a that was a great experience, and I'll always remember that game. Uh, and let me add to that. Uh, all you kids out there that aren't playing, but you're there supporting your team and your classmates, if you need a, a, a little clinic on how to cheer as a, as a student section, 
go to Kyoto and check those kids out because that's how it's done right there. The Kyoto student section, my top student section of the season, any and all sports, those kids really had it going that night against Linville Soli, and that's what it's all about. They, they make the games fun, don't they? Those kids yeah, over there? Sure oh, they my sure God. It's, uh, it, it's a wonderful group. Uh, another game I was at that you weren't at uh, was uh, Columbus at Pekin. And the, yes. the the mist and the, the weather was it's just a constant and the ball was wet and the ground was soaking and the and the there was a lot of popping and that Pekin team, you know, you can see it in the basketball this year. They're they're so dang strong and this is a great bunch of athletes coming through at this time. That was a, a very memorable game. Caden Amagon wound up scoring seven touchdowns, but Yes, uh, sir. But Pekin really, really stayed with them. Uh uh, they were winning at halftime. He scored on the last peak and scored on the last play of the game. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that's just how determined they were. Uh, that was a really great, great memory. Uh, and uh, I guess the uh, one other one that I was at, that was probably a big, you know, one of the big things for the network was we called the uh, sub-state game with the, between New London and Moravia. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that was, uh, uh, you, you. I think you'd broadcast the Sigourney Moravia game uh, night or two before that, but uh, went to Ottumwa. Uh That was a beautiful field, a really great backdrop for uh, a game uh, that would decide this, basically the state champion. New London wound up winning the state champion. So we, we did get to call that, that game. So I guess a lot of memorable memories, but uh, we got less than a minute left. Scotty, you got anything else to say? Well, I think – your podcast has been a great success. I think it's been great for the sports uh, in the area. And hopefully I can keep building on that. Maybe you can get some, some folks that are a little more knowledgeable about the girls, getting them some more notoriety as well, because uh, you and I can't get to everything. But um, so I can keep building it. And uh, any of them, the schools that are maybe in kind of a down spot now, get your buddies out to play sports. You know, that's what it takes. Numbers, get them out, and we'll start talking about them. You know, I mean, you you and I love a winner, and uh, the, I don't care if they're winning or losing. I'm going to talk about them anyway. But uh, you know, get your kids, get your friends, your classmates out, have some fun, get on the podcast. All right. Well, this has been uh, this is Round Guy Radio. Look back at uh, the year 2022. Thanks for being with us, folks. Well, we're continuing our, our coverage of 2022 on Round Guy, the podcast, with one of the uh, guys who uh, hosts a segment called Day Tripping with Bob DeWitt, where he Bob DeWitt is a retired guy that lives in Galesburg, Illinois, and likes to take three, four, five-hour drives, you know, places he can go and get back in a day. Uh, we really enjoyed talking to him uh, this season, and we thought we'd ask him his list of uh, his five favorite uh, episodes from last year. Welcome to the program, Bob. Thanks. Good to uh, talk to you again. Uh, winter's maybe half over, maybe not, but uh, we've got a break in the uh, cold weather anyway the last couple of days. That has been a, a, a gift from God that uh, I've uh, accepted happily. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, let's get right into it. What is the number five uh favorite episode for Bob DeWitt of 2022? I think the military cemetery in Fort Madison. Oh, I kind of enjoyed that. The, the National Cemetery in Keokuk, Iowa. Yep. 
That's right, Keokuk. Oh, yeah, that that was a wonderful episode, wasn't it? Yes, it was. I enjoyed that. I felt like I like, that. His, I like history anyway, so. And that Keokuk, uh, that, that interview, uh, is such a, uh, an amazing, uh, it's unbelievable what a big part of history Keokuk, Iowa was. And what yeah. a big city yeah. it was. And, uh, you know, why, you know, I mean, the, the New York, Baltimore, Chicago, and Keokuk, Iowa, you know, were like in the original uh, place for military cemeteries, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, uh, the the river traffic back then, which, uh, you know, before the railroads and all, those those river towns were uh, were pretty instrumental in the, the country growing as it did. Well, in the 1830s, I believe, uh, Robert E. Lee uh, was the one that decided where that lock and dam that's in Keokuk. Yeah. Iowa is, you know, it was just, it's just mass. That was that interview. I'm so happy that you mentioned that interview. Anybody that likes the history of Iowa or, you know, get, wants to hear an amazing story about one of the very first national cemeteries in the United States of America. And it's run by the federal government. I mean, that place is immaculate and uh, they got the same kind of uh, stones that they have in France, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Terrific. Terrific interview. What else you got? Well, uh, of course, this would have been a, a, a favorite of mine anyway. But when you interviewed uh, Alan Newsom, who played Floyd the Barber in the Mayberry Man movie that came out last year. Oh, my God. He was so wonderful to talk to. That's such a good memory. Uh, and that movie, I actually even bought that or rented that movie. It's kind of expensive. Yeah. But uh, it was really worth seeing, and uh, he—he's the main guy in that movie. The whole movie structured. Yeah. He's not the star of the movie, but he's like the narrator of the movie. You know, what I mean, everything yeah. evolves around his relationship with that character, and uh, it does everything that a Mayberry show should do. It's got the redemption, and the <laughs> it changes people's hearts, and it presents the small town values in such a wonderful way, and. Yeah, and they just they just wrapped up filming uh, in L.A. on Mayberry Man the series. They're going to do four or five episodes. Uh, I assume half hour episode, but I'm not positive. But they're they're doing a series, and uh, once that's done, hopefully they'll go to another one. But I think it's coming out sometime late next year. The series. And he does some of the interview in the voice of Floyd the Barber, and then some <laughs> of it uh, in his own voice, which isn't that far off. But yeah. he, he, he transitions back and forth in a way that really helps tell the story, you know. He gives yeah, the background he's a, he's information excellent. himself, and then he does the – no, he's he's a terrific actor. Oh, yeah, man, Yeah, he is. Cool. And it's just, you know, a, a part-time thing that he does at uh, – at these events, these Mayberry uh, uh, memory events, and and he's a he's a I think he's an electrical engineer by trade, so he just kind of does this on the side. He's been doing it I think twenty five years. So well, he was really good, gracious. really good. He was very gracious with his time, and and we got to know. Oh, boy, he couldn't talk to anybody more that knew more about. Uh, well, what was Floyd the Barber's real name? Uh, Howard McNair. Howard McNair. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, terrific! And you set that interview up. That was the uh, uh, that's just another nugget of gold uh, we got here at Round Guy Radio last year. Well, yep, yeah, that, that was a good one. Well, we're well, we're up to number three now. 
we are. And really, these are in no particular order because they were all just great interviews. But uh, the John Wayne Museum. Was, oh, I'm uh, so happy you mentioned that. Yeah, I got to get back out there because it doubled in size last year. Oh, I know. And I haven't been. I, we went five years ago, and uh, I know they had a big construction project, and the size has doubled. So, plan on getting back out there next uh, next summer. Well, that was a labor of love for Steve Pilson, the round guy. Uh, yeah, really. Uh, he was he. Ah, no one else could have conducted an interview like that. And then that Brian Downs, who's the director of the museum, was yeah. Again, the world's most knowledgeable guy, and uh, you, I, I enjoyed the part where they talked about Maureen O'Hara the most. I thought that. Yeah, yeah, he's got they've got a good interview with him last month in True West Magazine, which is owned by Bob Bowes Bell, or he's a co-owner in that, and a real good interview with him, and a print interview with him in the magazine. I think it was last month. Yeah. That's so. I love that episode. It's so full of details and, and movie information and life information and family information and uh, co-star information. And man, that people from all over the world go to that museum. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty cool to be right there in the, in the center of Iowa. But hey, that's where he was born. 13, almost 14-pound baby born at home. And a lot of people don't know he lived two years in Keokuk, Iowa. Yeah, yeah, he did. So he's a Southeast Iowa guy as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Oh, the next one was your Czechoslovakia museum. Oh, well, uh, Scotty Melvin mentioned that too. Yeah, uh, that was that was a good one. And, you know, honestly, I haven't been there yet. And I, I was planning on doing that next uh, or last year, and I didn't make it. But uh, I stayed in Cedar Rapids for uh, one night a week for uh, or one night a month for 15 years and drove by it, uh, the old one, actually, and uh, thought, well, that wouldn't be very interesting. But after listening to your interview, I got to get over there. And we just we just didn't make time to do it last year. We had a lot going on, but I'd uh, I'd like to get over there because you know, uh, I, I love love Cedar Rapids anyway. I was uh, thinking, you know, uh, a lot of the stuff you do may not be the best time to visit there would be in the winter but that might be a good one to go to in the winter when yeah uh, you, you can't do other things and you want to see some I, i've been there it's amazing you know and yeah. I, I i uh i'm a big proponent of it and uh i was very happy to uh to give them a little voice that people could listen to and uh the thing one of the things that stood out there was an opera singer or a, or a some kind of real famous musician yeah uh, and she was going to play in two places in America on this tour, Madison Square Garden and uh, uh, the the Czech and Slavic Museum in Cedar Rapids. Well, they, you know, they are similar in size. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean that, but, you know, but doesn't that kind of sum up how you felt about that museum? Like, like it was so built up. Th those girls did a great job on that interview. Uh, yeah, they really did. They really did. Like, uh, like almost professional uh, uh, voice people. I mean, they really did. They did well. Well, they, they worked together really well. really well, didn't they? I mean, yeah, they did. It was, uh, it was, that was a great, uh, I kind of stumbled through the interview, but those girls carried me uh, across the finish line, apparently. No, they, they played off of each other real well. Well, that, that is a real interview. Well, what else? We, we're up to number one. 
Well, you know what, Mike? And like I said, they're not in any particular order, but the one that actually moved me, uh, and I, honestly, I can't remember the guy's name, but John Wayne interviewed Santa Claus. Or John, John Wayne. Uh, John Wayne, John Bain, you know, they're yeah, John too. Wayne, John Bain, what's the difference? <laughs> yeah, I didn't see John Wayne uh, hood sliding over the General Lee. But, oh, uh, <laughs> well, that is, uh, that's John Bain's highest rated episode ever. It was, his, that was he, he, he come out the bat swinging, you know. Yeah, uh, just an incredi incredible story behind the guy and, and uh, really moving. I mean, emotional. Uh, you get a tear in your eye listening to, to uh, you know, his daughter and, and, and how he got into the Santa Claus thing with the uh, with the young child. It was just really, really a moving interview. And you're right, John, John came out came out swinging with that one. And I, I would think that's got to be one hard one to top. Well, uh, I mean, he put a lot of pressure on me uh, coming out the bat with that. We had to get uh, uh, Paul Mercurio to play a, a, a recorded phone message he had from Paul McCartney. Uh, yeah, to yeah. Try, to try and keep up, you know. Yeah, But, yeah. Uh, no, that was, a, that was a touching interview. That was as close to talking to an actual Santa Claus as almost humanly possible, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think so too. That, because that he had good. those touching, heartwarming stories about yeah, yes. Santa Claus is an amazing character. You yeah. know what I mean? And he can just perform miracles on children, can he? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And John nailed it. I mean, he really, really did a good job with that. And you know, he's John's a good interviewer. He's been doing it all his life. So uh kind of let the guy uh, carry the story and you know that's that's a sign of a good interviewer so uh i enjoyed that one that if if i had to have a number one i i'd say that was it for the year but uh like i said they weren't in any particular order just ones that i enjoyed that came to mind honestly without without going over all you did last year uh these were the ones that stuck out in my mind so well uh i'm proud of all those episodes really liked all those episodes and it was Touching for me uh, to uh, to hear you say that those episodes were good or, or that you enjoyed them, but uh, I want to go over some of the day tripping with Bob Dewitt before we uh, so our listeners can catch up on some of those. Uh, I tell you what, the time I enjoyed visiting with you the most, I can't even remember what we talked about, but it was at the uh, it was in Richland at the car show, and yeah. uh, uh, if. There was ever an episode where it just sounded like two two old farmers leaning up against the fence post talking to each other. That was the one. Uh, but uh, I, I, my favorite one, the favorite subject that we ever talked about, and I'm burning to do more episodes about this, is the old Fort Madison episode that you did. Yeah, yeah, a uh, lot, lot, uh, lot to see there, a lot to do there. And the Santa Fe Depot is open now as a museum. And it, it wasn't uh, when we went over there. And they, they've had some, uh, you know, coffee events uh, over the last several months that I, I need to get back over there for that. Cause I, I like that area. And actually, there's uh, Buffalo 61 restaurant right there on 61. We love going there for lunch. So, so I've got to get back in that area and then over to the Amish General Store. Uh, you know, that I can't even remember the name of the town, uh, but it's, it's about an hour, about an hour west of, uh, west of Fort Madison. And, uh, I, we need to get back over that, that way next year, maybe this winter. I don't know. 
Well, uh, just the stories. And then uh, John Bain did an, the second interview was with this guy that had the nativity scenes. I can't quite remember the guy's name, but he was an old history teacher. And uh, somewhere in the end of that interview, they got to talking about uh, how he was finding the graves of these uh, soldiers that fought at Fort, uh, yeah. Fort Madison and the Black Hawk Wars and all that stuff. No, I mean, I got to I gotta get some buddy that's got the history that we can just sit down and really talk about that amazing uh, part of American history that was right there at Burlington, Fort Madison, Keokuk. Uh, here's a, an, an unbelievable story to tell about the, the commerce well, across, and the across from uh, across from Keokuk, uh, in Warsaw, Illinois. There's a monument uh, to Zachary Taylor, who uh, uh, it was General Zachary Taylor before he was president, uh, and he had a fort built there uh, for the Black Hawk War. Might have been the War of 1812. I can't remember. It's been several years since I've been up there. But really neat little memorial where the fort was overlooking the Mississippi River. I enjoyed your talk about the Athens, uh, uh, Missouri Civil War site. That was a terrific, terrific one. And uh, the uh, Anne Frank uh, Pen Pal Museum in uh, yeah, Danville, that, Iowa. Yeah, that, that was one of my favorites. Uh, well, well, give me a couple of your that you might uh, recommend uh, that we haven't mentioned that you kind of enjoyed. Oh, geez, what all did we do last year? I mean, I've kind of lost track of where we were. We traveled so much, and I didn't. I mean, I didn't touch half of them. So, uh, well, what about uh, the, the, the the Uranus ones and that Amish uh, deal? Uh, that Amish uh, stayed in some kind yeah, of Amish guest house or something in Indiana. Yeah, we went to uh, uh, the Uranus Fudge Factory. Opened one in, in when I've been to the Missouri one several times, which is all the tongue-in-cheek uh, uh, references to Uranus that you can think about. But they, we did a couple uh, nights in Indiana, and we stopped at their new one. Uh, there's an RV museum up in Elkhart, Indiana. That uh, amazing place i mean with uh, recreational vehicles going back to the turn of the last century the first thing you see when you walk in is a covered wagon uh clear up to these half a million dollar uh motorhomes that are that people are driving today which i don't know how they're driving them with the price of gas but uh and then we went to uh, uh an amish flea market that was over there and wasn't impressed with it. I mean, everybody everybody talks about how great this place is. And I can't even remember the name of the town, but it was just a lot of a lot of newer stuff, you know, rugs and T-shirts and flags. And uh, I was kind of disappointed with that. But the town itself, I mean, it's an Amish town, and and uh, I mean, they're all over the place. And and I would go back to the town. I probably would skip the the flea market but uh, ship shawana that's the name of it i'd probably skip the flea market but the town itself i mean it's probably a town of i don't know 2500 maybe 3000 people and on that flea market week they probably got 30,000 people in that town so uh, you can imagine the traffic and you're getting behind the horses and uh, I, I wouldn't do the flea market again but i would love to go back to the town cuz just some neat shops and uh, a lot of you know, a lot of Amish bakeries and grocery stores and, uh, you know, love that, love that area. But 
the flea market itself, I probably, I'd probably pass on that. But you, you tell it like it is, Bob. <laughs> but there's, yeah, well, uh, I mean, there's, there's three other ones I want to just kind of touch base with you on. There was some town you went to that just had all these different things to look at in town. It had, uh, uh, I can't remember what town that was, but they had like playground stuff and I don't know, it was it clocks or something? And then you went to the Superman uh, festival. Uh, Superman celebration was great down in Metropolis, Illinois. I uh, think I'm probably going to go back next year, although I'll probably stay an hour out. Their their $60 motels normally are like 220 bucks for a Superman celebration. So so I'm probably going to stay maybe a half hour, 45 minutes out. But but uh, it, it's neat. They've been doing that for. Oh, I think from the mid seventies, they were actually recognized by DC Comics as uh, the home of of Superman. Even though it's a town of maybe three thousand people, but right on the Ohio River, uh, across from Paducah, Kentucky, uh, neat little town. I like going there. The Superman Museum has uh, has stuff all the way back to the the forties. Superman and uh, George Reeves, they've got some of his costumes and typewriter from the uh, 1950s uh, Superman show with George Reeves. And uh, he actually, uh, his mother lived in Galesburg. She left Galesburg to uh, go to California uh, after he died. And I won't say suicide because I'm not convinced that's what happened. But he uh, went back to Cal or she went out to California to bury him and then never came back. But she lived in an apartment in Galesburg uh, above a, a toy store on uh, on the city square. So that was kind of that's kind of some neat history of him. He was born in Iowa and I can't remember the town, but he was actually born in Iowa. George Reeves. Um, I think Granger, Iowa comes to mind. But, uh... Yeah, I, I think so, too. You know who, who else was that I didn't realize was. Uh, Oh, what's the actor's name? He played Fred Mertz, and uh, and oh. he played the uncle in My Three Sons. Uh, gosh, what's his name? He was, but he was born in Burlington. William and something. I, I didn't, I didn't know that either. Yeah, William Frawley. William Frawley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Born in Burlington, Iowa. So there's that, there's so, so many uh, neat little things about Iowa. Uh, sliced bread, I think, was invented there in Burlington. Yeah. Pella, Iowa. Pella was a great. Uh, oh yeah, that was another moment. another great. Uh, you really told that story uh, of the of the deals that they had up there. We didn't get a tulip time one, but we did the, like a museum or something that you were at. Yeah, they have an old village uh, museum there or town there actually, and uh, I I try to stay away from festivals. The Superman celebration was kind of a. Uh, kind of a fluke because I normally don't go there, but they wanted to, they wanted me to bring my Chief O'Hare car, so so I did it. But I, I like to go to these towns when they're not having the festival, so you can see stuff. And I had people tell me after I did that Pella uh, visit that they they had no idea that little you know they went to the Tulip Festival, but they didn't know that village was there. And uh, they've restored. They spent a million dollars restoring the uh, uh, the tenant house uh, that that uh uh oh the sheriff he was born in monmouth illinois gosh i'm having trouble remembering stuff that's what happens when you get old and retired but uh, wyatt earp <laughs> wyatt earp lived in uh in that uh little tenant house and and it's part of the village down they spent they spent a million dollars uh remodeling that 
and uh, and then White Earth's birthplace in Monmouth, Illinois, is about to be tore down. I mean, it's just sitting there. Nobody's been in it for a few years, and they just kind of lost interest in it, and and kind of a shame the history of that. But people don't people don't care about that uh, that stuff anymore. There, there's even re- more episodes than what we've talked about. I know the Sawmill Museum in, in Clinton is one, but uh, in the time that we got left. Your number one highest-rated episode by far was Marceline, uh, Missouri, the Disney, I believe, hometown museum, and uh, we also talked about uh, General Blackjack Pershing, wasn't it? Yep, yep, those were two, uh, and then we did that on the same trip, but uh, the Marceline, that was at Walt Disney's boyhood home, and any biography you read about Walt Disney, he was always looking for his Marceline, so... He, uh, that's where he learned to draw, got the interest in that, and and uh, just a neat little town, neat little museum. And it, his family donated a lot of stuff to that uh, to that museum, so it's worth a visit. I'll probably get back there next year, too. Well, it's been an amazing year, you know. Uh, we had a lot of contributions from Steve Phillips in the round guy. Gosh, he, he interviewed uh, Rudy Sarzo, who was Ozzy Osbourne's bass player the night he bit the bat's head off in Des Moines. And- Got a great bird's eye interview about that. And then he was also in White Snake and uh, Quiet Riot. And uh, he was uh, coming to Iowa for, with Quiet Riot for the state fair. Uh, that was a pretty great interview. Uh, then this one with Paul Mercurio, uh, where he had a message from Paul McCartney on there. And uh, yeah, that was a really great interview. Do you remember any round guy interviews that uh, you listened to that you enjoyed before I let you go? Oh, not off the top of my head. There's just too many of them. There's so many. You know, there's over 750 episodes now. And uh, Is that where you're at? And over 20,000 listeners? 24,000 last night we crossed. Uh, we got a Incredible. John Bain. He, he's, got, he's, he's got access to all the all the info now. So yeah, he's like, yeah. we crossed 24,000. Congratulations. And I'm like, yeah. It's, uh, it's been amazing. It's been an amazing year. You have been an amazing guest. You made a tremendous contributions. Uh, uh, you you went to great personal expense that you didn't ask us to reimburse you for, and we thank you for that. And uh, thanks for all you did, and uh, thanks for being with us in 2022. All right. We'll talk to you later.